The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the recent turbulence in the banking industry and what it means for the MarTech industry. Joining us is Ian Kay, who's the executive director at Fifth Third Bank, which operates four main businesses, including commercial banking, branch banking, consumer lending, and wealth and asset management. Headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio, Fifth Third Bank is among the largest money managers in the Midwest. And Ian is not only part of their corporate banking team, he's also my former roommate. So I'm going to bust his chops here, and we're going to learn a little bit about what happened to SVB. Ian Kay is also a former employee of Silicon Valley Bank. Yesterday, Ian and I talked about what happened to Silicon Valley Bank, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about what SVB's collapse means to the MarTech industry. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Ian Kay, Executive Director of Fifth Third Bank. Ian, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Ben, good to be here. I'm excited to have you back on the show, buddy. For anybody that missed yesterday's conversation, I will say it up front. Ian Kay is my friend. He's an idiot, but he also knows a lot about banking. <laughs> He's also my former roommate, everybody. So it's kind of a joy here. We don't really expect to be talking on the same podcast together. Ian, good to have you on the show again. And yesterday we talked about what happened to SVB, why it was shut down, why the government had to come in, why they basically decided everybody's going to get their money back. So let's talk about the repercussions now that the deposits from SVB are actually insured. The banking industry hopefully isn't going to collapse, but there's going to be some repercussions here and specifically for technology and MarTech companies. Can you look into your crystal ball and tell me what's going to happen moving forward now that SVB is no more? You got to keep in mind, SVB, they bank 50% of the startups in the innovation startup community. That's a huge, huge loss to that community because there's a lot of banks that won't dip into what SCB actually does. The type of lending, the type of funding that SCB does for these startups that aren't making money, that are burning cash, it's different to what typical, like a bank like mine has seen. Not to say we haven't done it, but we don't do it at the velocity that SCB does. So Ben, to be honest with you, it's a shame. I think it's going to take a big hit to the innovation economy and to the startup tech community that could set it back a couple of years, to be honest. What's interesting to me is you mentioned that Silicon Valley Bank is doing a different type of lending or investing banking. 
that most banks won't. What were they doing that enabled the startup community that other banks don't actually do or hadn't done historically? Your typical bank will lend money to companies that are making money. When you buy a house, Ben, they always check mm-hmm. your W-2s and make sure you have an income to pay that mortgage and to pay that interest. Think of it as a company doing the same thing, asking for money from a bank. But if you look at the type of companies at SEB banks, are they making money? No, they're usually burning. And they're all focused on top-line growth and eventually scaling to profitability. So SCB would come in on the early stage. Think of Series A, Series B, company doing 10 million of annual recurring revenue, and they have a valuation and they raise $100 million of fresh equity from a venture capital fund. They'll come to SVB to borrow money to, one, help extend the runway, but also to help with dilution as well. Explain this to me, because I got $100 million running a podcast production business. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. And I got to give somebody the $100 million my venture capital friends, you know, my ENKs, are giving me. Ian, you gave me $100 bucks to go blow on a podcast business. This is going to be some fun. I got to put it somewhere. I can't go to like Bank of America and be like, I got $100 bucks. Can I open a checking account? Exactly. So what's your question? How is it different? Like startups can open banking and checking account like they have the money to then go put into the bank. So why would Silicon Valley Bank be doing so much lending when the people that they're working with have already raised these big rounds? Look at it from the owner's perspective and the VC's perspective. One is they want to preserve capital while investing. Like if I can put in $100 million and raise another $25 million of debt, that helps the owner and them because it doesn't increase dilution, which means when your equity ownership goes down, they want to keep their ownership percentage the right where it is. That helps out. The other thing extends runway. So if I give $100 million to you and you're burning whatever, five or $10 million a month, you're going to run out of cash quickly on $100 million. But if I give you another 25 or 30, you have another couple months to operate. Uh, so all of the startups are raising debt to prolong their runway without giving away more equity in the company. Exactly. And typically how this works, those loans are typically one to two years and they're usually refinanced or paid off in the next round of capital being raised. Okay, so all the startups used to go to their bank and say, hey, I'd like to raise some debt and I've got $100 million, give me an extra 25 and we're going to top it off. And don't worry, we're going to refinance or we're going to figure out how to pay this off when somebody else gives me my next $250 million. Now, I'm guessing that that little, let's call it a scheme, that game is probably not something that's going to exist in the same capacity. So what happens for startups, what happens for the tech community now that SVB isn't willing to basically come in and give an extra sort of extension to the startups that had raised these large rounds? I want to take a step back first and kind of be more clear too, is that this type of lending SB does, it's not foreign. Other banks do it. BridgeBank, PacWest, PNC, they do this type of lending. But like I said, not at the velocity of SVB because they were in the innovation. There's still the other 50% of the market that are going to a different bank. This type of lending won't go away at all. But going forward, That's the concern, Ben. So you're a startup MarTech company and you have a VC. Maybe it's like a Sequoia or something like that. That's great. Typically, you'd always go to SVB, but you're going to go to Bridge. You're going to go to other banks. But those banks, keep in mind, like Bridge is much smaller than SVB. SVB was the 16th largest bank in the U.S., but the largest tech bank. All these other banks are much smaller, too. So 
You'll see some people get market share, the bridge banks in the pack west of the world, but it's going to be a lot less companies getting that type of funding. And like I said, SVB was the elephant in the room. And when you use that elephant, you think, oh, we have all these sharks coming to get their meat. I think it's hyenas that eat elephants, not sharks, but keep going. Can you edit that part? <laughs> no, we're leaving that in. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess what I'm, my point is you lose the elephant in the room and the hyenas are coming in aren't a lot. There's not a ton. Like if Fifth Third went away, you'd have tons of banks come in. But SCB going away, you're not going to see a lot of banks coming in. And that's why they haven't been bought yet, I feel like. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. You mentioned yesterday that SVB was a great bank, that they had good investment banking. They had all sorts of other services that were all great. They just made bad risk assessments at the C-level. So if the bank was functioning and obviously their risk tolerance was basically got them in trouble, why isn't there an opportunity for another bank to come in and support the MarTech companies of the world who want to extend their runway, want the sort of same products or services? Why don't more hyenas come from farther away to come eat this delicious elephant, which is making a big odor and stench in the middle of the Serengeti of the MarTech industry? A couple of reasons. One is this type of lending. It's not like new. It's been around for a while, but it hasn't been long as typical banking. Hasn't been along as long as like what Goldman and JP and Fifth Third and Truist and PNC is what we've typically done with lending to companies that make money. This niche is not a core focus for a lot of banks because it's not just not their niche. They haven't built their banks on the innovation startup community where SVB has. So these large banks who want to go down to this path, to this niche, it's just much smaller too, just much smaller lending checks. And also the fact that a lot of companies just don't play in this space. And let's be honest too, where we're at in the tech world, you know, with valuations going down and everything, 
Tech has taken a couple shots to the face. So that has played a role in this too. Didn't help that the VC funds abandoned Silicon Valley Bank in the hour of need. So that didn't help out either. It seems like there's a trend here. We're seeing in the startup economy, we're seeing in the publicly traded capital markets, the prioritization is being set on companies that, here's a novel concept, make money. And that seems like it should be obvious. Great. Banks are willing to lend money to companies that are making money. Now, why is that not always the standard? And why is this a bad thing for innovation to not just throw money at companies who throw that money into growth and potentially throw it away? SCB is built for the tech community. They have products like annual recurring revenue products, venture debt products that are specific for startups. That's one. Two, and probably the biggest selling point SVB has is they are either LPs or also lend into the VC funds. Sequoias, the Lightspeeds, the Excels all have lines of credit in their fund from SVB. Tell me what that means for non-bankers. Sure. Let's say you have a hundred of a hundred million dollars and mm -hmm. it's made up of a bunch of LPs like the Ben Shapiro funds. Limited partners. Yeah. Right. Here's an LP. I'm an LP. And they're like, hey, we got this great company we want to buy. We need call capital because they don't have like all this money sitting in just one fund. They have to call capital too. So what you'll see is they'll draw on the line of credit to make sure the deal gets done and make sure that everything, you know, make sure that closes because timing is everything. So they want to close as quickly as possible. And then they'll collect money from the LPs. Then they'll pay down the line of credit. Okay. So basically the Sequoias and Excels, the venture capitalists of the world, instead of going to the people that are their limited partners, the Ben Shapiros and Ian Kays of the world and saying, I want to put $100 million into I Hear Everything, they go to Silicon Valley Bank and say, I need $100 million. Silicon Valley Bank says, here's your cash. And then they come to their limited partners and say, great, we bought this company. Can you give us the money so we could pay down the debt that we raised from Silicon Valley Bank? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> and, and we do that, too, with our private equity funds. But like I said, these guys are built for the innovation startup community, and our banks aren't. That's really it. So globally, this seems like a terrible thing for the U.S. economy. There is a lack of capital being put into innovation. So in theory, there's less incentive for entrepreneurs to start new businesses, to raise capital, to grow those businesses, and figure out how to monetize later. That seems like it's bad for the long-term trajectory of the economy. On the flip side, it reprioritizes monetization. Companies that are able to monetize earlier are going to have more success than companies that are high growth, no path to monetization or limited path to monetizations in the early days. Am I thinking about this right? Yeah, you're exactly right. Like right now, the name of the game is get me the cash flow positive. So what we've been seeing with a lot of companies is cutting that spend, not expecting as high growth on revenue side, but getting a cash flow positive sooner. The days of just here's a bunch of money, burn as much as you want, it's over. People want to see getting the profitability a lot sooner. Let me turn this around to what this means for marketers. I think here the takeaway is that the fast and free high volume of spend days are over. If you can't figure out a CAC to LTV ratio in the early days, it's not an effective marketing channel for you until otherwise notified. This means that marketers need to be focused more on things like content strategy, building an audience, organic growth. 
marketing where they don't have to invest in long-term toll booths to be able to generate revenue. Now, sure, there's still going to be an opportunity to advertise specifically targeted to customers that you know are most likely to convert in the near time. But buying a customer and hoping that they convert seems like it's going to be, well, kind of like SVP, a relic, a thing of the past. Ian, any last words you want to tell the marketing community about what happened with SVB and what we can expect moving forward? Like I said, I think the loss of SVB is a big loss for the innovation economy and the startup community. They are definitely champions of that. And that's going to affect the marketing company as well. Like you said, Ben, having a strategy, a clear strategy with a good LTV, the cap is something that all banks track to is, is imperative going forward and just being efficient with your capital. That's what you're going to have to see going forward. And you might not see as large of rounds raised either. Like you said, the capital won't be as prevalent as it was. So people will have to re-strategize what they're doing with their capital. That includes marketing, where you put your money and the best efficiency you can get from your money. Ian, the last two questions I have for you here. Uh, first off, do you know what year it is? 2023. Can you tell me who is the reigning NBA champion as of right now? Who has a better record this year? No, no, no. I, I didn't hear you. Sorry. What was your answer? So what have you done for me lately? I don't, I don't focus on last year. <laughs> Ian, can you just repeat after me, Golden State Warriors? I hate them. <laughs> and honestly, Ben, it's all because of you, because I looked up on and I found... 24 Union as a place to live, and you overcharged me, but I still live there. I was working on my CAC to LTV ratio, Ian, and and look, as much as I would never say this to you in person, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I love you, man. Thank you for telling us a little bit about banking. And for anybody who's listening, the Golden State Warriors are the reigning NBA champion. Ian, it's been a pleasure. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ian Kay, the executive director of Fifth Third Bank. If you'd like to get in touch with Ian, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is 53.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.